Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 196. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have back with us the talented and internationally acclaimed comic creator, Whoa. Andre yeah. Owens. Hey, hello, hello. Internationally acclaimed. I like that. Uh, you know? That's true, though. It is true. Well, you well, are internationally true, acclaimed. But, you know, well, it's, it's, it may be true, but I like to hear it, you know. and you're and you're here you're here to talk about your latest kickstarter the hollywood offenders yeah hollywood offenders so the hollywood offenders that's an interesting title because it's a fenders and you know before this story ever came about uh, a fenders was the comic i made up as a child that were when i was a kid it was neither the avengers or the defenders they were the a fenders and they were kind of (laughs) like the legion of superheroes but the, the you know the most interesting thing about the A Fenders is that they eventually became the comic that got me started in the comics I turned to my comic Force Galaxia twenty years ago. Great. So Great. yeah, with yeah. The, basically the same characters just updated. You know, like you know it's it's like everybody that's in this you know this comic book world. We all grew up reading comics and we all wanted to eventually make our own. And you know some of us do it and some of us don't. You know, but there's a lot of people you know independently doing it now, which is which is fantastic for us all. Right. So talk to us a bit about this. Talk to us a bit about the the Hollywood Offenders. What can people expect from this Kickstarter? Okay. So the Hollywood Offenders is like a Game of Thrones situation on a Hollywood boulevard that's divided into seven kingdoms. So in the in this oh, world, cool. in this world, uh, there are the uh, costume um, um, impersonators who have the most valuable uh, territory right in front of Grauman's Chinese Theater, where you know most of the tourists <laughs> come, and that's where they can make their money. But there are, you know, there are other factions. There's the CD guys, you know, they're always throwing, you know, we go to places and they're trying to even get the CDs. There's the uh, the, the cosmetologists, which is our um, take on the Scientologists. You know, we didn't want to get sued. So we have the cosmetologists <laughs> who uh, want to give you a, a makeover, a makeover audit. So they're always trying to get you know, people to do that. And there's, you know, four or five other sanctions. So it, within the story context, there was a time when there was a, a great battle of Hollywood Boulevard. And so we see that in the beginning of the graphic novel, we see a, pre- a prelude, and we see the um, this battle between all the different factions. You know, the so it's the, you know we have like the Christian guys against the Black Israelites who are you know fighting each other, and so there's in the story a Pam Greer cost, uh, um, costume impersonator. She 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 unites the entire boulevard under a treaty. So fast forward, this is many years later, and the boulevard's just functioning. But uh, Hollywood Boulevard in this world is not a, is not like the Disney-fied version that it's actually become. It's more like 1978 New York. So it's you know it's gritty and it's kind of like what am I saying? It's kind of like Hollywood now because there's a lot of homeless people in this story too. So the, you know there's right. the homeless gang. Um, so there's all these factions and within the context, a group of costume impersonators have to come together and they decide um, they're uh, they uh, they're led by a woman called the Chicken, which is Deborah <laughs> Ann Choi. Now Deborah Ann Choi is a Korean American woman from Olive Branch, Mississippi. So she has a southern accent. She works at the local bond store at the corner of Hollywood and um, yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, Hollywood and uh, Kawanga. Anyway, okay. So she she realizes one day that she's smoking away all of her profits, and she sees the costume impersonators like an Elvis impersonator out there making a bunch of money. So she says, "Well, geez, I got to do that." So she decides she's got this chicken outfit that her parents had at this chicken restaurant in Olive Branch, Mississippi. So she starts wearing that and becomes a costume impersonator. And along the way, she runs into four other costume impersonators. Philadelphia Dell Thursday, who is a, uh, a Latino guy from Bakersfield. He comes in as an uh, Uber driver 
uh, for the streets of Hollywood. And he costume plays as his character, Major Universe. So he does both. Yeah, exactly. So we have him. Then we have uh, uh, Janelle Mason, who's a black woman, but she's been costume playing as Madonna for about 40 years on this on the on the boulevard. So she's like the mother of the boulevard. She knows everyone. So and she's always in a different Madonna costume. Then we have Michael J, who's a, a costume impersonator that's uh, been uh, portraying Michael Jackson so long. But he uh, doesn't want to portray him any longer. But he's been portraying him so long, all of his costumes involve Michael Jackson. So he's like a vampire, <laughs> but he looks like Michael Jackson with vampire teeth. So that's the, the Michael J. And then finally, the last member is Norma Jean. And Norma Jean is supposedly the love child of Marilyn Monroe and JFK's love child. So she's, <laughs> she's a character that's been around the boulevard a long time, too. So these five costume impersonators have to get together because they realize there's this guy named Johnny Tommy. And he's our villain. Johnny Tommy's our villain. And he goes by the name Lil Cole. Now, Johnny Tommy's history is he was born of the first celluloid of of uh, of um, of Edison. When Edison first brought, brought the, the uh, kinescope alive, Johnny Tommy birthed himself out of the first the first element of celluloid. And he became this child star. He was, he was born at the age of 12, and he's perpetually the age of 12. And that was, what, 140 years ago. So he's been in a series of these movies called Lil Cole. And it's, you know, it's all, it's just been hundreds of these movies, Lil' Colt versus the FBI, Lil' Colt versus the Klan, Lil' Colt in World War II. You know, there's this hundreds of movies he's made over the years as, as Lil' Colt. But now his power is starting to wane because he was born of celluloid and it's a digital era. So oh. he decides he, 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 he decides he needs to, he wants to make a film out of, make a film starring himself that he produces out of film, but needs to crowdfund it and he has no way to do it. So he starts getting, he enlists all these people that are the number twos in society, you know, like uh, Tonto to the Lone Ranger or Robin to Batman. And he enlists them as costume impersonators to rob the, 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 uh, the uh, citizens of, of Hollywood and the tourists of Hollywood Boulevard, particularly. So the costume offenders, the, uh, the five offenders find this out and they form, a, they form the group, they form the offenders and they use the exact same logic I did. They were like, well, how about we call ourselves Avenge? And there's like, nope, copyright. How about defend? No, nope, no, nope, can't do that one either. So then it's hey, offender. So they decide they're gonna, you know, stop this, stop this maniacal child star Johnny Tommy, and that's what the uh, plot, the plot ensues them going on uh, an adventure to all the different kingdoms on Hollywood Boulevard to try to find the um, uh, the prophecy that they've heard from uh, Trace Robanes, who are the uh, who are the hot dog ladies of Hollywood Boulevard who give out uh, cryptic advice. So then the plot goes to them, you know, I'm not gonna reveal everything, but it goes to them having a confrontation with Johnny Tommy and it's, you know, and hilarity ensues. So is this, I mean, we, we talked earlier uh, in your previous interviews about your different words. You have bovine leagues and force yeah. galaxia. Is this part of the same universe it, or is this part of the my, Stone yeah, Age it, universe? In my, mind, in my mind, it's part of the, the Stone Age is part of the, this universe also. It's, and it's, okay. in my mind, everything's this part of this universe. So force galaxia and the bovine league take place somewhere distant in the future. I never say where it is. I just say um, my, uh, my uh, cliche I use or the, the trope I use is um, some time from now instead of once upon a time. So I say some time from now, X happens, yeah. you know? So that's all in the future. Uh, the Stone Days took place, you know, in, the, in what is now the past, you know? So that took place in the past. So this, this um, Hollywood Offenders is the middle ground between the two so far. And in Hollywood Offenders, the store that Debran Choi works at is called the Stone Age. And the one of the characters, me, Andre, is the ma manager of this new, this new pot store on Hollywood Boulevard. Right. 
And, so, and yeah. who did you have as the artist for, for the Hollywood Offenders? So the artist for Hollywood Offenders is this really incredible guy named Alan St. Clark. Um, I saw his work around the, the internet and I was like, man, it's fantastic because he's got a style. He's got a style that's perfect for what the story's trying to say. You know, it's not it's not too cartoony, it's not too realistic, it's not too superhero. It's just he's got a great style, um, you know, to, to pull this off. Um, and you know, not to toot my own horn, but one of my strengths as a comic book creator is finding the right artist for the right project. You know what I mean? Um, so what you know, once I can do that, yeah, you can see all of the you know all the characters there, and he you know he does all kind of background work and. In, you know, he's really one of the co-creators of the book at this point because he's contributed so much to it. So it's, there's me, uh, David Lyle Johnson, who's a, one of the other writers on it. My other, my friend David is a writer on it also, and and Alan. And we're all um, giving. I'm giving credit to all of us as co-creators because we've all come up with it together. Hmm. And how long is this the series going to run for? It's it's it's, it's a standalone 64 page book. One one wow. standalone graphic novel. Yeah, we intend to have uh, other volumes if, if this one's successful. You know, we have you know we want to continue the story of Little Colt and the and the Hollywood Offenders. You know, so um, but yeah, so you know it's it's the great thing about the Hollywood Offenders. It's one of those things. It's a love letter to Hollywood in a way. You know, much like La La Land was a love letter to L.A. This is a love letter to Hollywood. How much we enjoy it, but just you know, we just wanted to tweak it a little bit. And you know, turn it on its ear and and see what was you know see what could be underneath it was if you just saw the underbelly all the time, right? Now, for the for those that when this Kickstarter with the, with the Kickstarter, um, what are some of the benefits you see for people that aren't familiar with some of the the Hollywood tropes? What would they get out of it? Oh, I think I think they'll be thrilled because it's not all just about you know Hollywood tropes. You know, it's a very universal story. You know, okay. <clears throat> about you know about um, it's, it's you know it's a, it's a general story. Bad, bad guy has a plan. Good guys come together. Good guys are thwarted. Good guys come back together. Defeat bad guy. You know, it, it's right. a very, very simple story. It's just set within this environment, and the benefit will be people who do know Hollywood or or, or do know you know Hollywood history. They'll get you know this benefit of knowing that oh they made a reference to you know some like it hot or you know or whatever the reference may be at that time. Like some of our rewards and the, on the Kickstarter. Um, are fantastic where it's like, you know, we name like each, each level, like uh, there's little Colt versus the Odessa steps, you know, as a, as a, as a throw to the battleship Potemkin, you know, little Colt versus the wizard of Oz producers is a level. The Maltese Colt is a level play it again. Little Colt gentlemen prefer little Colt. And then we have a series of them called a fistful of little Colts for a few, for a few little Colts more, the good, the bad, <laughs> and the low Colt. And then the, uh, one of the uh, higher tiers is, uh, Low Colt versus Hal, a space odyssey, and then Mario Puzo's the little Colt's father. So, you know, and and on and on. So we we're you know we're we're amping you know Hollywood in a way. If you know it, you you know if you know movies, you'll really like it. So I think fans of movies are going to really like this book too. But if you don't don't know anything about Hollywood, don't know anything anything about the movies, you're still going to get a great run because it's a, you know it's a funny, fantastic story involving a lot of really interesting characters. No, because you mentioned this was from your your first idea when you had the uh, you created the offenders before. Yes. Now, my so so I get so my question for you is like how how much of this is the same or how much of this is different from oh, your original? Idea? Oh, this is not the no the this is the the thing that's the similar to my original creation of offenders is Force Galaxia. It literally okay. has the exact same characters that I um that I created as a kid. You know, and I just updated right. them for you know updated them when I was going to do my own series. So that's that's the book that actually is 
Offenders. But we, I always wanted to use the title, but I didn't want to call my original book Offenders because, you know, people are like, what the hell? You misspelled that or, you know, what's going on? But this, <laughs> but this led perfectly to it because, see, uh, David and I were actually living together during the pandemic. Luckily, I didn't, wasn't alone um, during lockdown. And um, uh, me and David and uh, um, his, his wife, Daphne. Um, but we came up with this just sitting around talking, you know, I was telling you about ideas I had and we bounced a bunch of other ideas off of each other. You know, we've written some other stuff. And this has been this has been the one that I think was the um, the one we were both we were both most excited to do. So how long did it take you to get this book together then? Oh, we've been working on it for a while. I mean, we started writing it, like I said, back in uh, 20, you know, sometime in 2020 when we first decided to start writing it. And I've been working on it ever since getting the script exactly where we want and getting Alan to start doing preliminary artwork, you know, doing some of the art, some of the pages and stuff. So it's been a while to get that. But we, you know, we're doing a Kickstarter so that we can pay Alan, um, even though he is a partner. I, you know, I believe in paying artists, um, even if they're coming on as full partners, it's just something, you know, I know a lot of people don't, but it's just something I believe in. So we, we're raising the money to pay him and then to pay for printing. We're trying to get $9,000. That's a lot. And I've never raised that much on a Kickstarter, but I'm, you know, I'm hoping that we can pull this together and, and do it. So compared to your other projects, what are some of the things that you've learned from your previous projects that will really help with your success of this one? Okay. The, the, the main thing I learned is to build an audience before mm. the Kickstarter. And the reason I'm able to have an audience built now is I have um, a really good, you know, uh, mailing list that I've collected over the years from going to conventions and, um, you know, from previous Kickstarters um, and from other, you know, just I've just got a good mailing list. So building that first is something that I learned because my first two Kickstarters were failures. Um, I didn't, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have the audience to do it. The first one I got close, but I just, I didn't know what I was doing really. The second one I just did too quickly and didn't put enough effort behind it. Now the third one I did was uh, Bovine League Number One. So like with Bovine Number One, Bovine League Number One, um, I took all the lessons I had learned before. And, conv- and, and combined it with uh, you know a lot of the advice from uh, other successful Kickstarter pr- people, particularly Russell Nohelty, um, who's a, a wealth of information, and he has a lot of different uh, platforms that you can you know, pay for to get his advice, and I, I think it's really worth it. Um, so I did, took that, you know, and I and the success of Bovine League Number One led to last year's Sisters of Power Number One, and um, you know, and I took all the lessons of that, which include we had better mailing lists and was able to succeed in that one too. And, you know, actually, Barney, I must say, uh, both of those were after I went on your show. So maybe story comic is the key to me, <laughs> to me getting successful Kickstarters. I think that's it. It's that's what it is. It's you. <laughs> well, it's, 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 I can help out as much as I can. Well, I did you know, read your sisters of power. Their sisters of power was a really good comic. And now I'm excited right. for issue number two to that. Yeah. Well, sisters of power issue number two is written actually. So the cool thing about sisters of power number two, I'll just go on a tangent a bit is that, um, so I, you know, I made up sisters of power, um, based back in the nineties. Um, and they were based on my character, MG, whose name was muscle girl in the offender, right. the original offenders. So she was the leader of this group of women. And that was cool while I was writing it, but I always felt kind of weird. It's like, you know, I should have a woman writer. You know, I should get a woman writer. I've been doing this, you know. And so I, um, Sister Power Number One was co-written by 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 my friend. I think we came on the show. Uh, John Crosby um, was, you know, right. we um, we wrote it, co-wrote that. So for Sisters of Two, I uh, uh, reached out to a, a talented writer I know named Isis Kleins, uh, a woman from, I believe she's in Atlanta, but she's young, you know, and, and hungry and really talented. So I, I I hooked her up with John, and they actually wrote issue two. And I all oh, I did cool. was do you know I did I did some you know editor in chief work, but I turned it over to them, and I want them to run it. So I've got a queue of of Kickstarter. So I've got a Hollywood Offenders here, 
And then I want to do my Omega Chronicles, which has been over 20 years in the making. And I'll, I'll tell you about that at another time. But it's, a, it's my baby that I've been making since 1998. So um, it's, it's 230 pages. All the artwork's done. All I need, to, I just need a small Kickstarter to, to pay for the printing. So I want to do that. And then, and then we'll do Bovine League number two and then Sisters of Power number two. So I've got you know a few things lined up I want to do. And you know, if we get really successful with this one, I'll you know plug the extra money into into the next project. You know. Uh, you know, my you know, my whole thing is look, I'm not gonna get rich doing this. I'm not in it to sell IPs. I just have stories I want to tell, you know. And if and if I get rich off of it or if I sell it as an IP, that's that's you know a bonus and that's great, you know. Um, but that is the main goal. I know some people's goal is that the main goal for me is just to tell the stories I want to tell. Is there any other, because every time we're talking about Bovine League, the Offenders, mm-hmm. the Force Galaxia, is all based off of uh, character concepts and IPs you created when you when you were much younger. No. Yeah, not all of them were younger. Mostly Force Galaxia, the, the main four, you know, five characters in that are from when I was younger. But like Bovine League is totally from a from a vacation I took to Switzerland and I bought a coffee oh, mug. Right. Yeah, so, uh, so, you know, the Swiss are like a lot of countries, you know, they, they're good with cows, you know, there are cows everywhere. And so I bought this coffee mug that had like all the cows, like all the all the cantons within Switzerland represented as cows, and they had like their, their their they had their 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 colors, like you know the color of their of their uh, little uh, canton. So I remember even when I first like the first got I was drinking coffee, I was like, huh, that's an interesting idea. So I didn't think about it. And then years later, I was like, I want to do a new comic, and I was like, I want to do this new comic. What should I do? What should I do? And I was like, bovine league, bovine league, and some of these cows from that coffee mug. So I literally chose nine different, well, eight different cantons. I thought that sounded cool. I, look, I only vacationed in Switzerland. I don't know anything about it. So, you know, it's like, you know, it's probably like some, you know, Swiss guy making a, a series called Texas and, you know, North Carolina. And so I named all the characters after the canton that on the, on the mug. So, you know, we have St. <laughs> we you know, there's, there's Geneva and Zurich, you know, just all these different uh, characters. So that's where Bovine they came from. So, yeah, I mean, th- ideas come out of everywhere. I mean, the Stone Age came out of me working at the Bong store in the late '90s and wanting to tell the, you know, tell about the first day I worked there because it was so weird, you know. Um, and so, you know, I, I, the ideas come from different places. So, do you have any other concepts from earlier, uh, earlier in your life that you're excited to start creating and remaking again? Yeah, actually, I had this thing, and it's funny. It's um. It's called the rainbow team I had. Now, you know, I'm not gay, but I'd like to find a gay writer to take over the rainbow team. You know, and now I never, and I never intended rainbow team to, to be a, a gay center team, but just the title of it makes me go like, well, it's gotta be a gay center team, you know? And so I'd like to find a writer to do that. So I'm doing that, you know, there's other stories within, uh, you know, we wanna do um, Hollywood Offenders volume two, where uh, Johnny Tommy has been sent to prison and he comes out, you know, really muscular, but he takes off the muscle suit and his belly flops out. He comes a 12 year old kid again, you know? So it's like, you know, there's a lot of things I'd like to do. Um, and of course I'm still writing, you know, screenplays and working on that kind of stuff, trying to get TV shows done and, you know, advancing my career that way. Um, you know, I've got, a, I've made some good connections at different studios that I send stuff over to them every now and again. I, you know, I try to send, you know, people that I know, like with, you know, that they have good product. I try to send them to, cause like, what I've realized is a lot of these studios are trying to, you know, ape Marvel or Warner Brothers, and they want their own superhero universe. Even though it, I believe it's it's probably getting uh, oversaturated at this moment, but you know, a lot of these studios still are looking for that. You know, so 
Um, and there's been a lot of, you know, what's really cool for me as a black, a black indie creator is how many black comics are getting optioned or sold, you know, into S, you know, stuff. So, you know, a lot of my uh, contemporaries have a lot of stuff going right now. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful time to, you know, to be an indie, indie creator. What advice would you give to an indie comic creator to get above the noise of all the other comic creators? That's hard. You know, I mean, the main thing, I mean, you got, look, you, okay, you know, you got to have perseverance. You know what I mean? So that's one of the, that's one of the things that you have to have, you know, you got to keep at it. You can't, you know, I've been doing this over 20 years, you know, and, and, and publishing since 2005. So I'm doing that 17 years and I continue and I plan to continue to do it. Um, you know, and because I, I believe in what I'm doing, you know, um, so you got to perseverance and then, you know, like everything else, you got to have relationships. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you're doing your, in, your indie product, you've got to, you know, build relationships with people like you or other podcasters I talk to, or, you know, st uh, stores or distributors. I mean, unfortunately we had, uh, I think I probably told you about the distribution company I had the last time is a black indie comics distro. Unfortunately, we had to put that on hiatus that financially we couldn't make it going. But, you know, there's many ways to get your stuff out there. So, you know, relationships. And then, you know, like everything, you got to have luck or, you know, which is opportunity. You know what I mean? You got to have that, you know, and it's not going to come all the time and you never know when it's going to come or you know, it may never come. But, you know, you got to have that. And then the main thing, I think if you get all those things working for you, you know, you, you've worked at a hard time, you've got, you know, you've made the connections and you've gotten luck, you've got like, you know, someone at Marvel editor wants to see it, you gotta have talent. You know, mm. you can't, you know, you can't just be some jackass after that. I mean, I mean, you can be and we see it all the time. But in my mind, you know, you gotta have some kind of talent to back up all that other stuff. Otherwise, it's just, you know, false bravado. Right, right. And so what can people expect from the Kickstarter? You mentioned some tier levels. Yeah, okay. So, so that's why yeah, so we got um so at the main level, so we have you know the early levels, uh level five or five dollar level, low cult in motion, you'll get a um thank you within the book, you know, there'll be a page thank you within the graphic novel. Level ten ten dollar level, low cult versus the Odessa steps, you know, don't want to let that baby carriage get to the bottom. Um uh, that's that's just that's the PDF. So you get a PDF copy of the whole book. Uh, Fifteen dollars. Uh, the low code versus Wizard of Oz producers. You'll get the PDF plus nine Hero Unlimited PDFs. So all of the previous oh, wow. books I've done, you get all of that for fifteen dollars. And at twenty-five dollars, you get the um, physical copy of the book plus all previous stuff. So you get that, and then it advances up from there. You know where there's there's some posters available that'll come available. Um, more PDFs are available at a higher rates. Uh, um, we uh what do we have here uh we have another poster by uh, a great artist keith and jones and that's going to be available at a higher rate also um we're, we're giving away um print copies of uh then we at a high at the hundred dollar level a few for a few quotes a little more we start giving out print copies of my of the uh, previous hero unlimited books so you'll get force galaxia one two and three for a little more you'll get bovine league zero one and the hero unlimited one shot best sell which features a bovine mm -hmm. league member. So, uh, you know, in advance, you'll get more and more um, things. We'll get at, at $150, you'll end up getting all nine physical copies of Hero Unlimited's book, plus the posters, plus uh, the new Hollywood Offenders book. So, you know, mm -hmm. and then they go up from there. We have a level where you can get drawn into the book. Um, there's five of those available at $300. You know, we'll, we'll draw you or your loved one or whoever you want into the this new this new offenders book. So you'll be there right away. At um five hundred dollars, we have three different tiers, um, tiers 
One is um, uh, uh, um, there are different Zoom sessions. So one is an hour Zoom session with Jeff Howard, uh, screenwriter of you know Oculus, um, um, Before I Wake, Hunting of Hill House, Gerald's Game, this year's I Know What You Did Last Summer, um, you know series. So he, you'll get an hour with him. Um, also, there's an hour with uh, Daryl Lamont Wharton Rigby, who's an indie comic creator who lives in Japan. He's a um, a black a black uh, comic creator, indie filmmaker. That lives in Japan. He's a black uh, black filmmaker from out from Baltimore originally, and um, you'll get an hour session with him to learn all the ins and outs of how to make an indie comic or an indie film. Oh, he, um, wow. Yeah, he yeah he just did this great thing, um, a movie called Stay, and he shot it all in Japan and all in Japanese. With I mean, there's some little English that goes in there, but you know, Daryl's lived there many years. He's married and has children in Japan, so he's very in, you know in, in, into the culture. And it's a it's a terrific little film. So if you get a chance, you know, look it up. Stay by Daryl Wharton. Um, so at that, and then the last, we have one last five hundred dollar tier, and that's me. So you get an hour Zoom session with me, and I'll tell you all the ins and outs about you know, comic creating, about you know, filmmaking that I know about, about being being a director of photography, you know, whatever you want to talk about. I can talk to you about indie filmmaking. I can talk about commercials. I can talk about. We have a bunch of tiers available, you know, a bunch of rewards for everyone. And so what, what, looking at this, what are some things that are different from your previous Kickstarters tiers that you, um, that you wanted to try this time around? Oh, well, this time we've added, I added more, um, like, um, at the higher levels, we, I had more, more books at the higher levels instead of at a lower level and added things like, um, like at $200 at Mario, at Mario Puzo's, the little Colt's father. You get, you know, all the, you get all the books, you know, all, all 10 books, you get all the PDFs and you also get a, and a hardcover Hollywood offenders journal, you know, so we're adding things like that. We have, um, there's, there's, um, add-ons that you can do of t-shirts of a coffee mug, you know, things that you can, if you want to add on to the rewards and that, you know, just cost you a little more. Um, so yeah, so basically this time where, uh, I've offered more physical copies of the book than I had in the past. And then in your previous tiers, you didn't have those. Yeah, actually, in the, in the previous one I did, Jeff actually gave up. Uh, my friend Jeff Howard, the screenwriter, uh, did an hour Zoom for me then, and it was the same. It was the same situation. So yeah, and then there was like, and you know, because you know he knows a lot of people, so you know he, he's able to get you know people want to do it. But you know his his screenwriters, you know, I'm also friends with Mike Flanagan, the the horror director. Me and Jeff and Mike, we all went to the same university, and we used to hang out together back in the mid aughts. You know. Uh, watching movies and stuff when Mike was just editing uh, things, um, car commercials. But the cool thing is, what I'm hoping for this campaign is, you know, Mike is well known now, and he has like I don't know 300,000 followers on, you know, on on on, on Twitter. And I'm like, and I talked to him, I was like, hey, will you tweet out my, you know, my my thing? He's like, sure. So I'm like, well, if I can just get 0.5 percent of his 300,000 followers, I'll be doing really good, you know. Right. Right. So, yeah. So that's, that's but once again, you know, it goes back to what I was saying, though. It's relationships. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I've known this guy for, you know, 20 years and I've never asked a favor of him. You know, I just, he's just a friend of mine. It's just, you know, and when he offered to do it, it's like, well, of course, I, of course I want your help. But, you know, and it's, it's the main thing I take away about it in the entertainment business is I think there was a time when you, you used to be an asshole. You know, I mean, we see it with like, you know, even back in the 90s, you know, you could be a, a you know, what they, what they call it, a, a, uh, um, a, a, a joyful rogue or something, you know, someone that, you know, you're, you're a bad guy, but everyone likes you anyway. And, you know, womanized or whatever, but yeah, I don't think you can do that anymore. And I think you get called on that stuff now. So I think, you know, I think, you know, building those relationships is much more important now 
than maybe it was back then when you you, know, you could burn bridges and and still and still succeed. You know, I see you know, even in the comic world, you know, there's you know there's all kind of controversies that go. I'm I'm not one to speak on it because I'm not involved in it, but there's a controversy that goes on with different artists and you know, different creators doing this or you know someone screwing someone on a Kickstarter. You know, like you would expect with anything. You know what I mean? Right. That, there, that there's this negative side to it. I mean, that's one of the things why, like, so for the Hollywood Offenders, the artwork is not done yet. So Alan needs to work on the book. So that's why the, the delivery date's not until next, the 2023. It's going to give him mm. time to work on the book and, and get it done so that I don't have people waiting for the delivery. Um, now, some of my other stuff, like Omegan Chronicles, which I plan to do next, that'll deliver earlier because all the artwork's done. And I just right. need to print. So, Right. You know, it's a, you know, you did mention earlier that, that the add-ons are different this time around too. Yeah. Yeah. I've added two t-shirts, a mug, and I believe we have a journal, another journal in there, a spiral journal as add-ons. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I, I've learned, like you said, you know, when you asked me earlier, what I've learned, it's another thing I've learned is that, you know, put these things out here and if, you know, if you get one person doing it, that's fantastic. You know, that's another $40 or whatever. You know, so, right. you know, it's, it, it all, you know, just get, if I get a, a lot, a lot of little guys and a couple big guys, things will work out really well for us, you know? Right. But that's awesome. I mean, like, so the, the Hollywood offenders, that is such a, it's a great concept. Now, how long did it take you from the, from tweaking the idea from the first, the first inception of the idea you had to actual like finalized script? Well, we, uh, um, see, so we started talking about it. When was, I guess. Like February of 2021, and we finished the script by June, I think. You know, so it was about a three or four month process. And then, you know, then I started looking around for an artist, and I ran and I thought about Alan. Then Alan did some sketches for us, so, you know, stuff you can find on the Kickstarter once it goes live. You'll see, um, you know, and um, of the characters. And then uh, we've just been working on developing it since then. You know, went back. You know, I, I when I write, you know, we you edit, you change things, and you may add stuff. I mean. Like right at this moment, I'm still adding stuff because Alan hasn't finished, you know, hasn't started on certain parts of the book. So there are things okay. where I'm like, oh, we need to add this, we need to do that, you know. Um, so it's it's still an ongoing process until until the very last moment, to be honest with you, you know. Like okay. I'm like my artist, uh, my artist that's working on Bovine League Number Two, Christian. Um, you know, he's been he's been busy on that, and it's the same same type of process, you know, where he, he may do something where I'm like, ah, I don't quite like that, you know, it's it puts it in a different way. Um, but yeah, but for Hollywood offenders, I've given it a long leeway so we can make sure that we can deliver on time. Right. You know, I don't want right. I don't want someone waiting. You know, I don't want to say some delivering in February and knowing the artist is going to finish. You know, I mean, right. that's the thing about it. I mean, you know, a lot of these guys that we're working with as independents, unless you have a unless you made a really successful Kickstarter and you got a boatload of money, they're working cheap. You know, hmm. so they probably got other things they have to do. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people go like, oh, he'll do it for you know X amount of money. It's like, yeah, well, think about. He's had to work on that for five hours and you're giving him $50. I worked up to $10 an hour, you know, right. you, you know, it's like, uh, I can't do that yeah. to people. You know what I mean? I just can't do that. So. Right. And so what would be your advice then for comic creators who are, are looking to hire artists like that? What would, um, and I, I know in your previous episodes, you had some advice, but just to recap some of those yeah, advice um, that you would give. Well, I, I'd say, I'd say, you know, know your story, mm. you know, know your story, know your ending particularly. I'm not saying you, you have to know the exact thing that happens, but know your ending particularly. Because I think in my mind, when you're looking at an artist, you want to see if he can draw, you know, know your ending as a writer, know your ending. And then 
when you're evaluating artists, you know, don't just stand with pick, pen ups. If you get, you know, if someone sends you, if you're, you know, ask for artwork from someone and they're sending you just pen ups and you want a sequential artist, you know, you can't really take them. You need, you need to see the actual sequential work, you know, you want to see that they can tell a story in their sequential artwork. And, but you want to find the right artist for the right project. You know what I mean? Like the guy that does bovine league wouldn't have been good for Hollywood offenders. His artwork's too clean and, you know, too nice. Alan's artwork's perfect because, you know, he'll have a bum, you know, peeing on the corner, you know, where sure. some artists won't even think about doing that, you know? So it's getting, it, you get, you, you know, what's rich, what's good for me, what I've realized with artists working with him, you get this simpatico thing going where it's like, you, you start knowing like, okay, I know this guy likes to draw, you know, things this way. So let me start, you know, uh, writing to that strength or, you know, finding the artists that's, you know, but, you know, you got to be realistic too. You can't be going into it going like, you know, I want to, you know, I want you to draw like, you know, uh, Mobius, you know, and I'm paying you $50, you know, you, you know, you got to be right. realistic about, you, know, you pay what you, you know, you get what you pay for, you know, in every Right. Yeah. Well, perfect. You know, I'm really excited to to check out and follow Hollywood nice. Defenders. Yeah, I, I, I hope a lot of people fan of your stuff, Andre. So thanks, Barney. I mean, you, you've been, you know, it's so funny. I don't know how I actually ever met you, but you've been so supportive over the years of everything I've done. So you know, I really appreciate it. I really, really do. Yeah, you're welcome. So yeah, and thanks again for coming on. And now you're going to have to come on for to talk about your next project. Yes, you know, hopefully, maybe in a few months, I can come back and talk about Omega Chronicles. There you go. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right, guys. All right. Sorry about that. Oh, That's all right, man. Yeah, no worries. You got a family, man. That's it. I... No. <laughs> well, what I do is I lock the I lock I I have the the, the downstairs basement. I I lock it so then when I get recorded. But my wife needed the packing tape because she's putting oh. away the kitty pool for the season. So oh, there you go. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. All right. So what were so, was um, that? Oh, I was saying about okay. Um. Oh, about about uh, what lessons I've learned on previous kickstarters. Right. Uh, so okay. Uh, with.